welcome to the Owner to Owner podcast. My name is Felicia Harris, and I will be your host this morning. Now, you already know, owning a company is complex. There are a zillion moving parts. And when you bring employees into the picture, things get even more complex. Whether you have one employee or 10,000 employees, it can be a challenge to keep it all running smoothly. And that's where everything HR come in. We do one thing, HR. We're human capital experts. We're problem solvers. We make things simpler. And this complimentary podcast will provide you with the latest HR trends. Whether you do business in your home state or across the United States, you'll be able to call in and talk with HR professionals about the issues that keep you up at night. More importantly, you'll hear best practices from other business owners that have been in your shoes. So now, go ahead, grab a cup of coffee, and join us as we talk about a very important topic on benefits and benefits enrollment. And today we have a special guest that's going to talk us through the benefits aspect of what should you look for in your benefits, what offerings should you have, as well as what should that benefit enrollment process look like. And so without further ado, I'm going to ask Sue Justice from Emory Benefit Solution to introduce herself as well as tell us a little bit about her as well as Emory Benefits. Sue, welcome. Thank you, Felicia. Thank you for having me. Good morning, everyone. About myself, well, you know, I uh, started the, in benefits in uh, 27 years ago. Um, I won't date myself, but so I worked with a lot of uh, other brokerage firms. I've always been an agent, employee benefit consultant. We have a lot of names that we go by. Um, and then in 2010, I decided to start my business, Emory Benefit Solutions. Really, the reason why I did that, I just really loved what I did, but I really wanted to spend more time with my clients. I really wanted to get to know my clients. I wanted more ownership with a lot of that. So um, in 2010, I decided to um, take the big jump and uh, start working for myself and um, haven't looked back. Love what I do. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about Emory. So um, Emory, um, what we focus on is groups usually between 20 to 100, 100 plus. My background, actually, I've worked with all sizes of companies uh, from mom and pop shops from two employees. And uh, I've worked on uh, Fortune 500 groups up to 10,000. So I have a lot of background in that um, as far as doing fully insured, self-funded. So I bring all of that into um, my marketplace as far as what I can offer uh, my clients. I can look at them. I talk to them. I find out what they need and try and fit their package into to what they need, whether it's, you know, their concern is just to cover their employees because they care about them. Most people do, but they also want to retain those clients, uh, their employees. They want to attract new employees. Uh, nowadays with uh, the job market being so tight, it, it, it's become really more of a focus point for a lot of companies to uh, really take a look at their, their benefit package. Obviously cost is always uh, included in that. So my job is also to keep in touch with the carriers, with the insurance carriers, the plan designs, what are offering, what can um, employers do to kind of stay in their budget, but then also 
put together a, a great employee pa uh, package. On awesome. Now, going into that actually leads me into my next question to you in reference to going about selecting, you know, a broker or agent. Um, it probably maybe start out, what is the difference between a broker and an agent first? Because I don't think Good. you and I know what that is because that's our background. So I don't know if right. everyone in our audience knows the difference between a broker and an agent. That's a great question, Felicia. Yes, uh, I tend to, and the words tend to be used interchangeably. But the, the um, legal definition is an agent actually is employed by the insurance company. So their goal is actually they're working for the insurance company, insurance carrier. A broker actually works for their clients. In the state of Michigan, I will say, though, um, that the mindset for a lot of them, especially when it, we now let's go into another name, we use employee uh, consultant, employee benefit consultant. We do look at that our clients hire us to do a job. So even though the state looks at us as agents with our licensure, we really focus more on, on working with the client. And so now to take that up, uh, to the next step, what would you or how would you recommend for a business owner to go about making a selection for an agent or broker? I think that it, it does fall into uh, some of the things when you're, you're looking for somebody who's dealing with your finances. Obviously, you want to um, make sure it's somebody you trust. Well, when you're just meeting them, um, you know, you get first impression, but, you know, so you have to look at for other things. Look for years of experience, uh, how long they've been licensed, maybe if they've worked for past employers, um, are they fresh out of the, the um, have they always just worked for themselves or have they worked for other agencies? You know, there, there might be people that you can ask, maybe you look at a chamber or the small business um, association, some other places that might help you uh, recommend to you. But really, uh, it, really comes down to somebody you feel comfortable with, somebody that you trust, and obviously somebody that you feel has um, the knowledge to be able to put together, put together the best package for what you need. Okay. And so once you gather those folks, the, at that point, submit an RFP, which basically means request for proposal, there to those individuals, what type of questions should an, and should a business owner or HR representative or whoever have inside of that RFP as part of the question? Right, yes. One of the things I do want to stress is that you really, the other part of maybe interviewing your uh, consultant, agent, broker, they should be really guiding you through this process as far as step-by-step, step, making sure that you get all of your information. So when we initially put an RFP together for the, the insurance company, uh, you know, we're looking at, uh, we get a census, we have to have dates of birth, dependent information. And I'm gonna back up for a second, depending on whether or not you're considered a large or small business based on, uh, here in Michigan, it's broken out of, 50 employees, whether you have 50 full-time equivalents or 50 below, depends on how the insurance uh, carriers will rate you. And this is also where it comes into having a really 
good agent because now we're already breaking down into the nitty gritty of what you have to look at to even put your RFP together to make sure that those quotes that you get back um, are accurate. So when you're looking at and you're under um, 50 employees, the rates are going to be age banded. So every employee is going to have their own rate. Each of their dependents will have their own rate. So when you put that census together, it's really important to have that dependent information. But as you can see, when you start getting into 40 employees, things like that, it can get really cumbersome, but that the detail is really important. When you're over 50 full-time equivalents, that's a, another subject for another day, you, we have what we call composite rates. And that's when you just have a single rate, a couple rate or employee plus spouse, employee plus child, and a family rate. And they're, they're combined um, and the, the company makes those rates up for you. There's a lot of different things that you can do with those rates, but again, this is where it comes down to having a knowledgeable agent to help you with all of that, because that will take, that's a, like I said, that's a whole podcast within of itself. So you get that, that census together, you put a plan design, get some ideas of what you're looking for, what you think your, your um, employees can, can afford. We put that together. And if you already have insurance, we give them the rates, we give them plan designs, that kind of stuff. And then we send them out to carriers. Some agents, like I personally, we do all our quoting in-house. I just like to know what's going in there. I have my timeline. I can do them faster usually than um, other, you know, the carriers and things like that. So, but once you get those back, it usually takes about a week or so two weeks, depending on, on the, the insurance carrier themselves to get those quotes and those proposals back. And then okay. normally what I would do is um, I have an idea already what you're looking for, because uh, we sat down and we talked before we did that RFP. Um, and so you already know kind of what to expect. I know what I'm looking for. So I don't want to necessarily give you just a spreadsheet. I want to really focus on, on what you want as an employer and give your employees. Okay. So okay, so now when we, after we've done that RFP there and you've gotten the RFP back and from several different carriers and the next step, as you stated, kind of taking a look to see who comes close to the things that the employer is looking for. If we have some that are very similar in you know, as far as from a code process, uh, they're pretty close. What is the recommendation for the deciding factor? Between carriers? Yes. Outside of, and, yeah. and outside of the, the premiums and all of that stuff is coming back pretty close to each other. So how do you right, pick right. one carrier over the other one? Right. So there's a few things that we look at. And, um, I should say, before I send out the RFP, um, there's also, I have some standards of as far as the insurance carriers I will work with. I won't work with a carrier that their financial um, rating is less than uh, A minus uh, on the, the standard of course. So that's one thing, obviously financial, but we already got that out of the way. So now what we're looking at is, say we had, like you said, Felicia, we have two competing carriers. Yes, the plan designs are really close. The uh, rates are pretty close. Now what we want to look at is network. Uh, where are your employees located? Who has the larger network? Who has the smaller network? 
maybe what the name recognition is, maybe a little more tweaks, digging down into the plan design a little bit more of saying, okay, because, you know, plans are more than just a deductible coinsurance copay kind of things that there's a lot of other sometimes little perks that might be hidden in those plan designs when you're looking at the rate. But those are probably the, the biggest ones off the top of my head that I think of when we're deciding on choosing one plan. And usually once we go through there, the business owner will have an idea of which one they want to go through once we've gone through that process up to that point. And so um, do you look at uh, consideration as far as what are some of the carrier's online features or self-service features? Um, that one carrier may have and another one do not. Yes, good point. Good point. I forgot about that one. Yes. So some carriers do have online, so different online. So you have online uh, management systems, like, say, for the HR. So can they do things um, on their own? So can if an employee makes a change or something like that, they're doing a moment, do they have an online system that they can just do it themselves, or do they have to send it manually to the carrier? That's one, but then the second is also what do the employees have access to? Some uh, agents, some carriers, most carriers do have uh, an online that uh, employees can log in there, create a login, and they can change their addresses. They can find their claims. Uh, Some of them have uh, health questionnaires. They can do audits. They have discounts, and the, the employee can go in there and sign into that as well. And yes, like you were saying, Felicia, some are better than others, and yes, some may not have anything at all. So those are extra perks, too, to look at from carrier to carrier. Okay. And so, and and probably during this, along these same lines, probably it's important to let them know, if you decide to send out an RFP to multiple individuals or or have multiple agents or brokers submit Mm. your... Um, information to the same carriers, thinking that one may have something different than the other one. Um, do you know if your group is the same? If you're in the same small group or a large group, you know, that's on there, the information is going to come out exactly the same. And yes, they're going to know, you know, <laughs> yeah, it should come out exactly the same. And the person is going to know, you know, on the other side, if, if you were using like a Blue Cross, you know, they're going to know, okay, wait, we just ran one for such and such and such for this very same thing. So they're going to have the same, what we call census information, um, too, as well. If you submit it, you know, for the same exact things, whether it be it a premium or gold or whatever, silver plan or whatever you may have done, um, the information or the quote should come out exactly the same. So be mindful um, there of that. I'm like, I'm like one of those, don't waste my time in trying to get me to spend something that you've already done so you know exactly what it is. You're doing the same information. Right. So it comes down to who do you really want to work with because the other stuff is going to remain the same. But now I guess, you know, we'll back up to even those that may not know you know, some of the basics. What are employee benefits or employee offered benefits that an agent would handle? Yes, I get that question or uh, maybe I don't want to say misunderstanding. So in, in the context of our conversation or when you see open enrollment 
usually what they're, they're referring to there is your uh, group health, dental, vision. Sometimes there's long-term disability in there, short-term disability. Sometimes you're able to make elections there. And then voluntary products, which the easiest way I can do it, because everybody knows who AFLAC is, and I just say AFLAC. There's a lot of different things that the employee purchases on their own under the, the employer's platform. So uh, the employer can make payroll deductions, you get group rates, things like that. But that open enrollment period is once a year. So at that time, at that year, once a year time, it's time for you to look at your benefits. And I strongly encourage everyone to do that. Things change, uh, whether you realize it or not from one year or another. So look at your plans that are being offered. Uh, if you want to make any changes from one plan to another, you need to add somebody, take somebody off. Maybe you want to purchase a voluntary product that you have in the past, or maybe it doesn't make any sense anymore. That is the time to do it. Right. Also, right. It is. I should also say sometimes the 401ks fall in there, uh, but that's not always hooked to it. And sometimes also people include employee benefits like time off and things like that. That's part, it's an employee benefit, but not necessarily things that fall under that open enrollment period. Okay. And so they really should be getting help from who for all of that stuff? What is the best, best, I guess, best person or group of people that they should be getting assistance with that from? I go back to that agent, broker, employee consultant. Again, this is something else that really they're the experts. So they can really guide you and work with you uh, as far as planning that. You know, obviously they, they put the RFP together for you. We decide a plan. They're the ones with the relationship with the carriers. Uh, sometimes they'll, they'll, uh, it may make sense to bring a carrier in if you want, uh, you know, maybe you want a deeper dive into those benefits. If you're having meetings, maybe for that open enrollment. Obviously, human resources are very important. Um, and also, when I say when I, we get down to a little bit more of the communication, uh, the more the, the management can be engaged in, in that part of the enrollment, the more you're going to get out of your benefits. Very true. Very, very true. And so I think we touched on this already on what makes a good employee consultant or agent or administrator, so I don't want to go back to that. But I would like to go back to just to kind to, you know, a grasp, I guess, go into the best methods for, I guess, communicating to the employees that you are looking to offer this. Is there something that an employer should do prior to submitting an mm -hmm. RFP? Oh, prior to the RFP or after? I um, well, if, if, if we're going to look at, if the employer is looking at whether or not I should submit this um, or, you know, even get a quote on this offering, should they, like, do an employee survey or something to see what the interest is going to be, what, so they know what type of, of quote to actually receive? Good point, yes. And um, I, I have clients that do this every year, every other year especially as they get a little bit larger that they can't, you know, just walk down the hall and, and say, hey. But, yes, employee surveys are really uh, um, helpful in that sense. Um, you know, sometimes they, they may ask, you know, new hires because they're seeing them. Um, but that survey and getting a, an idea of, and 
what they are looking for. But then also sometimes it's good to kind of uh, look around you. What are your competitors doing? Uh, where does your you know benefits stack up towards that? And so there might be some changes that we want to do and look at um, before we put in that RFP to make them a little bit more competitive, if need be. Okay. Okay. And so with that, we are almost at our halfway mark, but there are a couple of other things I wanted to kind of uh, expand on a little bit because I really want to spend a lot of time on our, you know, the compliance side of things too as well before we go into our break. Well, not a break, but our recap. On the compliance side, what, what are some of the issues that we really need to be mindful of? So um, in the very beginning, uh, we want to determine how big you are. Now, some employers, it's, it's just really easy. You know, you're, you're, uh, you're this size or that size. The, the couple pieces that will fall into as far as compliance is, one, if you are around 20 employees, and the counts are different on each, so I don't want to get that detailed, but when you're around 20 employees, COBRA takes effect and also Medicare secondary payer laws, meaning that if you're an employer and you're under 20 employees, Medicare is primary. Over 20, your, uh, your health insurance is primary. So that's something that we'll, you'll think about when you're looking into plan design. The next area to look at is when you're around 50. Again, that count can vary, but once you determine where you fall in that, because if you're under 50, you're considered a small employer. And in the state of Michigan, you are as well. If you're 50 and over, then you are considered a, a large employer. And there's a lot of different aspects that come into that because of healthcare reform or ACA and your, what you absolutely have to do as an employer, especially once you're considered a large employer and you want to offer benefits. There's a lot more rules as far as that's concerned. Granted, even if you're a small employer, you decide to offer health care coverage, there's some rules that still fall that you need to um, stay in line with as far as making sure you have the essential uh, benefits covered, uh, your value. Uh, you don't have to, if you're a small employer, you don't necessarily have to be affordable. Um, but the carriers probably have some rules for you, too. So there's some moving aspects of between what the government wants you to do, what the carriers want you to do that you have to align into your goals. When you're in a larger group, you're looking at, you're gonna have some reporting. So you do have to be affordable and all that's laid out in, in the law. Again, this is where your consultant becomes very important and, and having that knowledge base of exactly tearing that down for you so that you know what, as an employer, when you decide, if you're just deciding to, to offer benefits, that these are, might be some other things that you have to take into consideration and how much uh, help you're going to get from uh, that agent or administrator or whoever you might have um, working with you. And then the next piece is if you're 100 plus and that falls into more of disability regulations and um, Medicare secondary payer laws as far as disability is concerned. Great. Now, going back to on, on the compliance side, and, and obviously most people have just heard the words ACA and them not really knowing what 
all is included to in that and basically just letting you know all those things you just mentioned is a part of that whole process. Um, exactly. there. And so, and, and the, I guess I really, on one of the things on the compliance side is spending time on the plan design and the importance of mm-hmm. that's really where you want to spend the bulk of your time is on that plan design and understanding that plan design. Because, and, and when we say plan design, that basically tells you what you have. Okay, it's probably the simplest way that I could say it is mm-hmm. telling you what you can and cannot do and, and what type of insurance you actually have. And, and spending, you know, the bulk of the time on understanding that plan design will help you be able to, number one, answer a lot of questions down the line from an, an employee base, uh, you know, issues or issues that may come up. Um, the other side of it is you also will be able to know what type in, inside of this compliance that you're re- as a business you're being held accountable to or for. And exactly. so when you're sitting down and you're talking with those individuals, one of the, the main things that, that you know, you're interacting with that particular agent or broker or consultant is making certain that at all times you understand that. And if there's any changes, you need to have a relationship with that person that, you know, changes can come about not just with the carrier, but also from a government standpoint. And so you have to be able to tell that person or tell that business you know, hey, this change has taken place and you have to do X, Y, Z because your plan documents have been amended to this. Mm -hmm. And so having that relationship with that broker or agent or consultant um, and that person being an active participant in your enrollment and not you finding out about something after the fact is very, very important. And so when we, you know, going back and taking a look at the enrollment requirements and all of the notices, Mm -hmm. those things should be agreed upon up front, how you want those notices actually submitted or sent to you and or, you know, to the agent or broker, um, whoever it is that may be. And so that that's something that, you know, is clear up front, that somebody's monitoring that. Yes, okay. I think um, yeah, I think that uh, that piece, um, each one of those kind of fall in the piece of if you you get a really good timeline um, as you're doing this. Okay, when this is what I normally do, um, I you know I figure out the effective date that we're going to we want to have, and so then we we space it out of okay, we need to get the enrollment to the insurance carrier by this time, so we need to do open enrollment meetings election at this time. So, which means we have to have our RFP on this point. And as we're going along, there's little checks in there of, okay, well, we need to make sure, you know, when we're doing the RFP, we need this, this, and this because we are a large employer. Um, we're a small employer, what have you. Okay, now we're going to do the open enrollment. How are we going to do those meetings? Are we going to, you know, do benefit booklets? Are we going to do uh, a presentation? And what has to be included in that? 
um, what has to be given to the employees and communicated to the employees at that point in time. Like you said, Felicia, there's certain notices that have to be given. Uh, there's certain, I don't want to get too much into ERISA, but there, like you, I heard you mention plan documents, some really uh-huh. plan descriptions and plan documents. When do you give those to them? Is it, you know, in the very beginning, do you do it at open enrollment? There's these summary benefit comparisons you got to give to them. How can you give it to them? Do you have to give them manually? Can you, you know, post them on your intranet? Um, so yes, as you said, you're going through that planning motion and, you know, that compliance is still, is pretty much in every little phase of that timeline that you're going through. That is so true. That is so true. And so we've reached that halfway mark, actually a little bit over that halfway mark. Um, we'll do a brief recap for those of you that may have joined us a little bit late. And so today we have on with us Sue Justice from Emory Benefit Solutions. And we're talking about the enrollment um, process and going a little bit deep into the agent and broker uh, and consultant relationship. And so I'm just going to, we're going to recap a little bit. I'm going to ask Sue to tell us a little bit about her and a little bit about Emory Benefits and give out her contact information to you if you have any other questions for her. Well, hi, everyone. Uh, Sue Justice, my company is Emory Benefits Solutions. Um, I decided to uh, find or put, you know, go out on my own and um, start Emory Benefits Solutions back in 2010. I have been a licensed agent since 1992. I started out in Indiana. Um, I am a Michigan native, though. I'll put that out there right now. I lived in Indiana for about six years. Um, And if you've ever been in Indiana, it is like the insurance hub. So I was licensed there, came back to Michigan, worked for some large agencies here, learned a lot, and then decided that um, I really wanted to... to, uh, have some ownership and choose how well I can service my clients. So I have a, I'm a registered employee benefit consultant, REBC. I have a, I am a licensed insurance counselor. And I think that's all I got to say about myself right now. And if you want to ever contact me, email is probably the best. It's sue at emerybenefitsolutions.com. But if you do want to call me, my office is 248. 619-9500. Awesome. Awesome. And so to kind of give them a little bit of a brief, we talked about employee benefits. What exactly is it? Um, Or employer offered benefits. You want to tap into that? Sure. So to define uh, employee benefits, uh, sometimes they throw a lot of different things in there. But as far as what we're talking about today and open enrollment uh, is employer offered or group health insurance, medical insurance, dental, vision, life insurance, disability, whether it's short or long, and also voluntary or supplemental products. Things like, uh, again, you can buy additional life insurance, disability, but there's accident plans. You can buy pet insurance. So all of that kind of falls under uh, employee benefits when, when we're referring to that. Awesome. Okay, and then we talked about the uh, putting out or distributing the um, uh, the open enrollment, you know, process, or, or you know, how do we make the distinction between who we're going to go to or the selection for the RFP? 
Right. So usually um, when you, you choose an agent or a consultant, uh, whoever you choose to go through that as you go through that interviewing process, once you choose one of them, they'll help guide you through that. And um, they'll talk to you a little bit and um, interview what you want, what you're looking for, maybe what your competitors are, are, are looking for. And then we put together what's called an RFP. And based on what was discussed as far as what you want and need and um, some of the other things like demographics and what the laws say, we ask for a census, which is pretty much your, you know, all your employees, gender, date of birth, zip code, get all of that together. You've got your plan designs. We've decided your carriers and we, we put uh, that information out there and then we get it back. Uh, once we get it back, your agent, broker, consultant will review all of that and then give you a synopsis. Uh, some will give you a spreadsheet so you can see side by side. I prefer that I consulted with you. I have a pretty good idea of what you're looking at and I'll come back with a few choices, maybe one or two different carriers, what we were looking at. And that's when the decision-making process starts. Awesome. So now let's go into um, this next segment, talking about the importance of the open enrollment. And then I guess, you know, starting with the open enrollment processing, you know, you've already selected um, a provider that you're going to be going through. And so once you've done that, what is the best way to communicate that offering um, to the employee base? Should it be paper, online, technology-based, what? Yeah. So open enrollment, it is a... This is where we really want to work closely together with the human resources office manager, whoever might be falling into that place that deals with the employees. I usually always want the owner, CEO's buy-in somewhere along the way that they're supporting us because this really helps getting employees engaged. So my job is really to educate the employees so that they know what they're getting. So one of the things that you said, Felicia, that uh, is important is what what type of, um, for lack of a better word, avenue that you want to choose in order to do this. And you can do a combination. Uh, sometimes I, I usually like to do a combination because you have uh, a very diverse workforce. So uh, you can do online. So if most of your employees have access to a computer, nowadays everybody's got a, a Smartphone, if the, you know, some are pretty savvy with it, you can communicate it that way. Uh, you could do employee meetings. But this is always good for a, a great overview, answer questions. They get to know uh, your agent, your counselor, maybe your carriers that you have there. Uh, a lot of good visuals. You can do a presentation or you can go through a benefit guide. Uh, I usually like to say that you want to get all the senses because people uh, learn things differently. So, you know, you have your visual, your audio. Uh, your um, touchy-feely, kinetics, I think is what it's called. And so by doing all of that, hopefully you bring everybody in and to communicate them and at least answer the questions. I was reading an article the other day is people will prefer to go to the dentist than reviewing their insurance. <laughs> That's <can> a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and you need the insurance to go to the dentist, so that's funny. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, and and knowing that typically what is the the typical enrollment time frame? 
between from the announcement to the actual rollout of the enrollment? So I usually uh, like about a week or so at least beforehand. Now, granted, depending on the timing and the timeline, you could do this a couple weeks earlier if you already have the benefits and, um, you know, you can do this three or four weeks out. But as you get closer, you want to advertise your meetings. You want to start prepping people. I have some clients that will send out uh, a, a small sample of here's our benefits. Start making taking a look at this. Then we do meetings, usually after the meetings, maybe week to 10 days. Some clients want to do two weeks to give them time to, to look over their benefits, ask any questions, take it home to their, their spouses and their family members to review it. But at that point, then it's really, okay, we need to get the enrollments in because we have to submit them to the carrier within X amount of time. And sometimes that okay. really just depends on whether or not it's a renewal or uh, new benefits. Now, when you said we do meetings, explain who's who's included in that we. Yes, usually I like that to be a um, a, a a team effort. When I do the meetings, I do tend to do the majority of it. Um, you know, the HR, the CEO, business owner does the introduction. So here, you know, these are our benefits. This is what we offer you. Um, this is a great thing that we're we're giving to you. Then. As the consultant, I would come out and I would go more over the benefits as far as I go over some of that legal stuff. You know, when can you make changes? Here's open enrollment. You're allowed to do this. You can make your changes. You can change plans. You can add or delete dependents. Once you're in there, you're locked in. Then um, the only time throughout the year is that you can make a, a mid-year or a status change election that allows you to um, update your benefits. Uh, depending on what that change is, you know, you get married, you have a kid, that kind of stuff. And then we go into a more detailed plan design. If a carrier's there, uh, maybe because there's a voluntary product or they're getting into a little bit more nitty gritty, bring in the carrier to, to speak better because they know the product the best. So usually that's about the people that we have included in, in that, uh, that meeting. Awesome. Awesome. And so... How often, you know, I guess how often should the agent, broker, consultant have, I guess, I don't, obviously open enrollment is one of the most important time frames to have meetings, you know, there with not just the stakeholders, but also um, with the employee base. But if the, the importance of the HR or business owner one, and, and I'll actually take this back and reframe it and not make it a question, but make it a recommendation, is during your orientations, and hopefully you're doing orientations for your employee base, the information that is covered during these open enrollment meetings should be reiterated to your new hires. One of the things I, I recommend if you want to make sure that they get the same information um, that was provided by that agent, broker, consultant. Either ask them for videos that they may already have that you can play it for those new hires or ask them to create a five to five, ten minute video so that you're able to play it so everybody's receiving the same information. Or you record it during their open enrollment time frame and those individuals are coming out and actually talking to them about your plan that you have. 
is probably one of the best ways um, there to do it and, and maximize everyone's time. Now, so from your perspective, with that being one of the good tidbits or tips to know, mm-hmm. what are the other big need to knows that an employer or employee needs to to know regarding their their benefits? So, outside, you know, who's covered? What is your coverage? You know, within the plan design itself, I think that sometimes this is um, where the some of the communication get lost or, or a, an employee doesn't understand exactly what they have. When I go through open enrollment, um, I, I have a little system that I have the employees go through and, and I might be getting off a, a little on the side as far as helping an employee choose the plan. Um, understanding that the deductible, the coinsurance, the out-of-pocket is one piece of it. Then you have your contribution with you know employees paying per pay to have that. Some the habit is to tend to either look at the deductible or what's coming out of the, their paycheck, and that's how they make the decision. Uh, really, you want to look at both of those things and look at what you're using out of the plan. You know, Maybe you're using more prescription drugs. Let's look at that a little bit more. Let's get the total cost of what that plan's going to, to, to well, total cost you. What's going to, over that plant year, from what you know what you're spending, what is that really from plan to plan is that going to cost you by your, your family? And as you tear that down, um, you might have some more questions about your plan and what it actually covers. And instead of waiting until you go to the pharmacy or you get that bill in the mail and say, well, I didn't know that that's what my plan did. So that's also very helpful. And some of the things that uh, you can include in, in the packet or like you were saying, uh, Felicia, maybe um, when you do a video, you have a little piece of that, this is how you do that, so that on the side they, they know to um, to do that exercise. That would be one of my biggest ones. Obviously, compliance is, is the other one. Um, there's a lot of little things in there, here and there, whether it's the employee, um, they make a decision, they don't realize that uh, later on that, you know, when they get married, they need may need to add that dependent. They need to change their beneficiaries on their life insurance. So it's really important at that open enrollment to really look at all of your benefits. Like I said, see, so you don't think that much changed throughout the year, but once you start digging deeper, you find out that you might have to do some updates. And this is where I tell the employers that it's, I usually suggest what we call an active enrollment, meaning that every employee has to look at their enrollments and give you some form of information, whether it's form or something back. Sometimes a lot of employers will do what we call a passive uh, enrollment. Basically, it means that everything's just going to roll over unless you let us know that you want to make a change. So those are the two things I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. And so with that being said, uh, we go back to, you know, in the first segment, we talked about the importance of the relationship um, between the employer, the broker or agent or consultant, being able to communicate your needs and being able to actually do a survey. Because the last thing you want to do as mm-hmm. a business owner is have this benefit out there that no one is utilizing or using um, because obviously that's costing you money um, as an employer. And so you want to make certain that the benefits in which you're offering 
it is something that the employees are actually going to utilize. And so that's where working with that broker agent consultant, you know, comes into place. One, I think, Sue, you and I were laughing not too long ago where someone was like, agent, who's my agent? What's that? You know, oh, <laughs> and so <Sarah, laughs> who's that? And when one of our meetings and we're going like, you know, we're laughing and going like, obviously, there's no communication there if you don't know, you know, who that is, what that is, or what things need to be done. And so the relationship that you have with them should also end up dictating what are the features that that particular carrier have. So going back to, you know, how do we communicate that benefit offering? Is it going to be a paper communication or an online or a combination of thereof? But then also, you know, what is the technology base? Obviously, coming from an HR perspective and an employee perspective, Filling out the paper is gruesome, especially if you're a larger organization. Filling out paper from the employee base is not something that we want to do. Oh, God. Um, so being able to have, <laughs> yeah, being able to have online uh, enrollment is everything. And, and to be able to have, you know, allow the employee to go in uh, to the system itself. And I want to change my address. Okay, go into the system and change your address. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You know, from an HR perspective, we don't want to be changing your address. You know, we got other things to do than those administrative tasks that takes us away from more important things. You know, not saying that that's not important. Yes, it is important to make sure your address and information is correct. But that's one of those self-serve things that you should have to take time out as an employee to go find the HR representative, whoever that may be, an office person or, you know, an HR professional, whoever that may be, in order to get that done. That takes your valuable time away from you as an employee. So being able to know, you know, relay all of those different things to whoever your agent, broker, consultant all of those things they should know about. These are things that we want. We cannot afford to have employees not being able to have open enrollment, not being able to have a self-serve portal where they can go in, change their dependence or update their dependence as need be. So all those things that individual need to know, you know, during that process before they even issue an RFP to the um, insurance carriers. Um, as well as, you know, you probably want to, when you're doing the RFP just for an agent, broker, or consultant, even on that level of that RFP, you want to be able to, you know, one of the questions you should be asking them, have you had of experience with carriers in that area? Because that goes also into training the employee base on how to use those tools. And right, are there, right. you know... Yeah, are there tutorials for them to actually utilize that too? And so we want to make sure, you know, that, like I said, you want to make certain that everybody knows, you know, what your needs are right up front because it does not make for a very good experience for you or your employee base if it's not what, you know, you really want. Right. Yeah. Like you're saying, Felicia, is apt. Okay. Uh, 
it, this doesn't stop after open enrollment. So what what do you give me after the fact? You know, as far as the agent consultant, what are we doing as far as service? You know, yeah, do we have this online portal? What do we do with it? We need to communicate that with the employees. How is it going to happen? If we don't or something falls out of that, what's going to happen with that? Like, and like you said, yes, that's a very good thing to also add to that interviewing process of, okay, what do you offer us outside of, you know, getting our carriers in our ISP and maybe doing our enrollment? What else do you got for me? Exactly. And, and how does, what does that relationship look like? You know, because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you and I have both been in the business long enough to know for some months after they sign you up, they're gone. You don't get to see them anymore until the next enrollment period. And that doesn't make for a very good relationship. Just an FYI out there for all of you. That's not good. They, that's not a very good relationship. Um, you want a relationship where, you know, you do have, you know, each other to depend upon and well, right, contact. And, you know, and, sorry. I was going to say, as you and when you build that relationship, that each year, that's probably that whole process is probably going to get easier because now you know each other. So now, okay, next year, well, this is what we did. This is what we heard from your employees. This is what's been happening throughout the year. Um, you know what I mean? So a lot of that communication, now we pretty much already have a pretty good idea of what we want. And things start getting easier, I guess, for lack of a better word. So, yes, it's really important. And if you talk to the agent throughout the year, uh, like I said, yeah, open enrollment is much better. And hopefully, yes, you are hearing from your agent at renewal, at open enrollment. I've heard some scary stories, um, as you have too, Felicia. It is. It is. And, and it, like I said, it's one of those things that it makes it very, very important to develop that relationship, you know, ahead of time and not have that relationship, you know, try to be developed right at open. If you try to do that right at open enrollment, you're in trouble, mm -hmm. you know, because, mm -hmm. in fact, that's probably a good thing to talk about the enrollment planning and the timeline that's involved because it's very different for new coverage than for renewal existing coverage. So you want to touch on that a little bit? Right, right, yes. Um, so when you go through the RFP, and, and sometimes um, – we kind of have an idea what we're going to want to do that year. Uh, you know, you kind of get a feeling, oh, I've been with this carrier for a long time. I've gotten a lot of increases. I think we're, we're kind of getting ready that we might be willing to part ways. So we, we go into the RFP understanding that we want to start maybe a little earlier than normal. And what I do when I do my timeline, I go back, okay, here's our effective date. So we'll say January 1 because the majority of uh, uh, employers renew for a January 1st effective date. So usually you want to have those enrollments done by um, uh, December 1st, uh, especially if you're new. Now, again, this is where knowing your carrier and your group and what your changes are, you might be able to go into, um, you know, into December um, if it's an existing plan. Uh, especially if you're doing online enrollments, you know, you're doing things electronically, you can go into that. But if you are changing, especially if you're changing carriers, you want to give yourself, um, you need to have those elections in by December 1st, especially if you want ID cards. And, um, you know, a lot of carriers are getting into um, their apps and things like that. So you may not need an ID card, but I, 
know a lot of employees still want that plastic. It, it means something. So then if we have to have all of those elections and then, then we need to have, okay, so then we need to give employees X amount of time uh, to complete their enrollment. So we want to give them maybe two weeks. Oh, wait, Thanksgiving is in there. So now we need to bump that up a little bit more. So the employees get their information at this date. So then we want to do hold open enrollment meetings and get that education out this week. So once we got that done, so then we go, okay, so then we have to have our decision by this week because we need two weeks or what have you to plan, get the communications together, what have you. So then you back into it and then here's your timeline. So we need a decision by this day. So our RFP is going to take us two weeks. We need to give, um, you know, employer needs, Mr. Employer needs three or four days at least. Sometimes it's longer by this. And then you go back through and you, you kind of fill in your time frame so that you know it. And it ends up being much longer a period of time than most employers believe. So then, you know, a lot of times we don't think about it um, and we give ourselves 30 days and we're scrambling. And we're trying to get things in. We're doing things um, after the effective dates. Employees don't have cards. So that planning piece of it's really important, you know, and as much as you can do, obviously, up front and, and have that together and make sure everybody's on the same line. Um, so, you know, it kind of keeps us together because sometimes, you know, somebody gets busy, life's happening, you know, um, everybody's got jobs to do. So um, anyway, so I, I find that timeline really important. Awesome. Awesome. And so we're down to our last few minutes here. And I wanted to just kind of allow you to give our listeners your information if they wanted to contact you. How would they go about reaching out to you? Well, if you want to check out my my website, it's uh, www.emeryebenefitsolutions.com. Uh, so I've got some information out there. I do, um, um, I have a little blog thing on there. And of course, my contact information is there. But you can also, um, I love email. So my email is sue, S-U-E, at emerybenefitsolutions.com. Or you can call me. My office number is 248-619-9500. I also have a LinkedIn um, page that you can go to. I have my personal one. Usually I say just go to my personal one. That's where all the information is. But there is a, a business one as well. Um, and you can reach out to me there. Uh, I usually say follow me. I'm posting things out there fairly regularly that might not go on to my website. And those are probably the best places to get a hold of me um, as far as if you have questions. You know, always feel free to call me, ask questions. Um, you know, I eat, sleep, employee benefits. I love it, and um, I'm happy to to help you out wherever I can. Awesome, awesome. And so quickly, again, she is from Emory Benefits Solutions. She is the owner and founder, and so I do encourage all of you to reach out to her if you have any additional questions um, in reference to um, insurance needs. Um, you specialize, I believe, on the medical side, correct, Sue, if I'm correct on that end of it? Is that right, your specialty right, right. on the, the medical yeah. insurance side? And so definitely reach out to her for that. Again, um, thank you guys so much for joining us um, again this morning. This is Felicia Harris from Everything HR. 
you have any HR needs, please feel free, obviously, to give us a call here in our office, which is 586-461-1400. Or if you have any HR questions that can be answered from our website, which is everythinghr.net, we'll be more than happy to assist you. Just go to the area that says Ask, Ask an Everything HR Expert. And we'll be more than happy to address any of your questions or concerns that you may have there. Again, I will stress again, if there's anything that you've taken from um, this morning's webcast, is the importance of your relationship with your broker or agent or uh, consultant. That is going to be the biggest takeaway that I hope that you do have from there. Again, have a great, great day. And thank you guys again for joining us.